the Holy Spirit, of course, is, is the spirit of revelation. That's one of the uh, functions of the Holy Spirit. I want to draw your attention, if, if I can, if you'll turn with me to John chapter 16. John chapter 16 has my favorite verse in all of the Bible in it. Starting in verse 12, Jesus speaking, you can almost hear the anxious apprehension in his voice as he speaks to the disciples, realizing that the moment that they partook of the Last Supper, the stopwatch clicked, and now it was only just a matter of time until he was led up that, that road to Golgotha's Hill. Verse 12, I have many more things to say to you but you cannot bear them now. You can hear the sigh in his voice in this next verse. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will disclose to you what is to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of mine and will disclose it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore I said that he takes of mine and will disclose it to you. Now, if you will, just look with me, uh, if we can do a quick uh, grammar check here, look with me at the verbs relating to the Holy Spirit's action, starting in verse 12, uh, I'm sorry, verse 13. When he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will disclose what is to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of my, what is mine and disclose it to you. And then he goes on to repeat that. We have seven different references there. And then the repetition in John 16, 15, where Jesus brings clarity, that the most important role of the Holy Spirit, that Jesus wants his disciples. Now, we know the most important role of the Spirit in the, someone who's lost is that of conviction or convincing. But once we're born again, the most important imperative role that Jesus highlighted before he was going to the passion of the cross was him speaking to us and revealing to us, we serve a God who speaks. It's not enough to stop there, though. God has created us with spiritual senses. Just as well as you have the sense of touch, we have the ability to feel spiritually. Just the same way we have the ability to hear audible things, such as the roar of the fans and the chirp of the crickets to come here in a minute. Maybe the croak of, an, uh, of a bullfrog coming, or perhaps the uh, bloodletting later on that Pastor Martin will experience from previous superintendent, current, and myself. Uh, you know. Now I can't do that because you'll know it was me. Uh, but we have the ability to hear naturally, but in the same way, God has given us spiritual sense of hearing. The spiritual perceptions are, are just as real in the supernatural realm as they are natural perceptions and senses in the natural realm. We have a God that speaks, but we also have a God that has created us to hear and sense and feel and perceive what he wants to speak to us. It's interesting to note back in the story of young Samuel, one of my favorite stories in all the Bible, that the man that should have heard God, the high priest, the guy that wore the ephod, couldn't hear God because he played fast and loose with the things of God. 
He had many occasions to get his family in order. He had many occasions to, to step up and, and be the priest that God had called him to be, but instead God sent along a, along a miracle baby to come and hear better than the man that was wearing the ephod, the little boy that ministered before the Lord in a linen tunic could hear God better than the high priest. You might remember another story similar to that. That is young David, the shepherd boy, hearing from God better than the appointed king, a man that was picked to be king because he was a man after God's own heart, speaking of having the feelings of God in his life, having the ability to, to know what pleases God, and then, then the, the, as Catherine Kuhlman would say, the gumption to, to follow through with it. People that can hear God most often struggle in hearing God. All of us in this room have the ability to hear the creator of the universe's voice. And I don't get bent out of shape over words like audible. What does audible mean? That means you can hear it. You know, people think that for some reason if it's not really important unless you out loud hear God's voice. I don't believe in degrees like that. To me, God's voice is God's voice. But the importance of God speaking to us something that, that many times we take for granted until we're desperate to hear his voice. And when the heavens seem like brass, then all of a sudden we hit, hit the panic button. We call a 40-day fast and we eat broken glass and lie on a bed of nails trying to show God how ascetically uh, inclined we are. Oh, God, look how miserably suffering I am, you know. Oh, God, listen to this, Lord. Hear that? Now, that's how bad I need to hear your voice. Now, come on, Lord, please help me, you know. I mean, we get, we get desperate to hear God's voice. God promised to speak to us, but yet we struggle many times in different areas of our life. Perhaps, could I make a sweeping generalization and say that every person in this room right now, in one way or another, is desperate to hear God's voice? Perhaps direction, perhaps leading, perhaps wisdom. And may I say that if, if you in your heart and life are not desperate to hear His voice in your current perception, that perhaps you're relying too much on the arm of the flesh. God is a speaking God, but He speaks to us by His Spirit. Now, would you agree with me on this proposition that God is speaking more things than we hear Him speak? Do you believe that God is speaking more things than we are able to hear? It's kind of like... Uh, some time ago, we were at an RV park. We hardly ever frequent one, uh, but we were at an RV park on like a Friday getting ready because we had finished up a meeting and getting ready to drive to the next one. And there were some kids out in the, uh, in the play area um, that had a butterfly net, and they were running around trying to catch moths with it at night, trying to catch moths. And there's no way in the world they could fit all the moths in that net, but they were trying their best to try to get as many as they are. And I think sometimes that's the way it is with us. With our limited ability... And with our own strength, we're trying to catch as much as what, of what God is trying to say to us. And yet, God's voice can't be contained in our containers. And if you believe that God is speaking more than you're listening and more than you're hearing, as I believe of my own life, then I believe that God wants to speak to you tonight through this simple word. I want to share with you tonight two truths about hearing the Holy Spirit's voice in our lives that I believe will have a dramatic effect on not only how we hear his voice, but how we recognize his voice and how we respond.